Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of The Revenant. safe thing to do is track a new course back up online. Then what we gonna do? Sit out there like a bunch of goddamn ducks. You and your half-breed son get to walk on out. I'm talking to you. thing to do would be to finish him off quick. He's to be cared for as long as necessary. I understand. Get away! Help! What happened? We did what we had to do. He was buried right. You were just listening to the trailer for The Revenant, and the story is as follows. While exploring the uncharted wilderness in 1823, frontiersman Hugh Glass sustains life-threatening injuries from a brutal bear attack. When a member of his hunting team kills his young son and leaves him for dead, Glass must utilize his survival skills to find a way back to civilization. Grief-stricken and fueled by vengeance, the legendary fur trapper treks through the snowy terrain to track down the man who betrayed him. The film is starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Hardy, Domino Gleason, and Will Poulter. It is directed and written by Alejandro G. Ingaritu and co-written by Mark L. Smith. Joining me for this podcast review, I have Josh Parm. Hello, hello. Dan Bayer. Good evening, everyone. And because this is a Patreon 2015 retrospective podcast review. We have invited some Patreon listeners on to review the film with us. And they're not just listeners, they're subscribers too. So thank you so much for that, both of you. First up, we have Josh Blumenkrantz. Hey, everyone. And Micah Simmons. Hi, everybody. All right. So 
We've been building to this one for a little while now. The Revenant. The film that almost won Best Picture in 2015. Mm. Winner of the Golden Globe, the BAFTA Award for Best Picture of that year, the DGA Award, and winner of three Academy Awards. We will go into all of this later on, of course, but right now we are here to talk about the movie. I can tell you all that I saw this movie back in 2015 in the movie theater, and I was completely blown away by it, as I'm sure a lot of people were, to the sum of $533 million on a film that cost $135 million. I mean, holy hell, films like this... Budgets of that high, you just don't see that nowadays, it feels like. But for this film to be a success as much as it was, it definitely, I think, was able to still achieve something, despite, uh, as you're going to probably hear on this podcast, people having some criticisms with it. I was not one of those people. I really, really loved this film when it came out. I made my top 10 of 2015. Um, I have now since watched it again. I I think this was my third time because I'm almost positive I saw it twice in the theater during its initial run. I haven't watched it since then. So this was now my third time watching it. I watched it uh, just a few days ago on Sunday. Uh, And now, have my thoughts changed? Have they gotten better? Have they gotten worse? Are they staying the same? Uh, I think you'll have to wait to find out. Let's pass it over to our guest first. Josh Blumenkrantz, what do you think of The Revenant? All right, so The Revenant, I saw also in 2015. It was at a SAG screening, and I was very excited for the movie. Um, Just from the opening shot all the way to the end, just the way the camera pans, I was like, oh, this is the same cinematographer from Birdman. Great. Um, So, you know, we're just going through the story, and it's, I gotta say, it's a great survival story. Like, Leonardo DiCaprio, he just brings his A-game on this one, and I know, like, some people have, like, you know, this predictions of him, like, just, like, grunting a lot and just, like, you know, not really doing much. But I think he gives a, a stellar performance as well as the rest of the cast. And ultimately, I was very high on this movie. I saw this movie, I think, four times in the theater. And I, on the last shot, I was just like, oh, Leo better get that Oscar for this role because I think he was fantastic. But ultimately, yeah, I was... I was very high on The Revenant. I remember some people saying that if they didn't give Leonardo DiCaprio the Oscar for this, it was very likely the man would kill himself on screen to show us how committed he was to getting that Oscar. Because this was like just short of doing that, in my opinion. (laughs) Micah, what did you you think of The Revenant uh, when you first saw it? And what do you think of it now? Uh, Yeah, so I also saw it back in 2015, um, back when I was still in high school. And, um, you know... That was kind of when I was into film, but didn't have as much time on my hands because I was doing a bunch of extracurricular stuff. But that one definitely struck me on the first time that I saw it, and I ended up buying it when it came out. I've seen it, I think, five times since then, and this morning was my sixth rewatch. And um, I still think the technical elements are absolutely fantastic. I think the cinematography is beautiful, as do the majority of people I'm pretty sure. And, but my, my big criticism with it and what it made my top 10 of 2015, but just barely on slot 10. And I think the reason for that is when I watch films, I try to look for like, you know, what is this film trying to say? And this film, while being a story with themes about survival and revenge and all that, like, what am I supposed to get out of it? You know what I mean? It's just, 
it's just kind of loose in that way. Like I didn't really get any point from it. I'm going to interject really quickly uh, because you bring up this point and this is ultimately for me the biggest thing that kind of like, highlighted my rewatch this time around was this idea of what is this movie trying to tell me? Mm-hmm. What is it yeah. trying to say? And I remember, as I'm sure many of you do, there was this PR spin that was put on to the award season campaign about how The Revenant is about the environment. Mm. And Leonardo DiCaprio is such a huge advocate for saving the environment. So everything became about our connection to nature and our connection to the world and so on and so forth. (laughs) Bullshit! (coughs) Here's what I'm going to say in regards to that. I'm going to say this. I think that that was the intent while shooting it, while making it, because I think there's a lot of that in uh, Emmanuel Lebesky's cinematography and how he captures nature in this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how DiCaprio is constantly battling. Not, I mean, yes, he battles over human beings, but mostly this is a story about how he's, you know, fighting through Mother Nature herself uh, for his life. And so I, I, I kind of understand the intent. I do not think that it does fully translate. I think that the revenge story and the survival story, I think all of that goes above this other piece of it, which is this world, despite how harsh and brutal it can be, is one that needs to be preserved. And also, too, we're telling a story of, I'm going to put air quotes around this, cowboys and Indians, okay, and how... Just like how an entire generation of people were completely wiped out by us, now we're wiping out not just a generation of people, but we're wiping out ourselves entirely by killing the earth itself. And it's like, I get it. However, I do not get that while watching the movie. You have to right. like, you have to really force that out of me. Yeah. Um, you know, and I and I think they tried to, like I said, they were along the PR campaign trail. However. If that never happened and they never did talk about these things, I would be stunned if somebody – I'm sure there would be somebody that would come up with this interpretation somewhere. But it would not be something that we would be constantly talking about no. as we are and still are doing today. It just – it's not – it's not prevalent enough when you're watching the two-and-a-half-hour movie itself. Okay. I I, you know, I would have saved this for the end, but you brought it up and I, I had to interject. I apologize. Dan, I love you. What do you think of The Revenant? <laughs> um, so I just watched this movie for the first time literally just now. Wait. Finishing, um, Wait, first time? Really? For the wow. first time. Wow. Holy shit. Only just a few minutes before we got on this. Uh, what were you doing in Jeez. 2015, sir? <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> I, I love that you didn't answer my question. You just no, didn't no, dodge so it. 2015, I, this movie was out. I, it, I don't, if I can say what it was, it was knowing what the movie was about and knowing the runtime, I just could not get myself enough in, I couldn't get myself enthusiastic enough about it to go to the movies like there was one day when I actually had the time to fit in and get to a screening 
and I could do it. And I was sitting on my couch and I was just like, I could get up now and go, or I could sit here and not. And I just didn't want to see it enough to get out and go see it. Hold on. Now I got to ask you this question. (laughs) Is that because of Alejandro? No. Okay. Not necessarily because I was a huge fan of Birdman. Okay. Okay. Huge fan of Birdman. I have in my life enjoyed a great number of adventure stories like this, you know, survival in the wilderness, all that sort of thing. Um, I like Leonardo DiCaprio as an actor. I like Tom Hardy as an actor. I worship at the altar of Emmanuel Lubezki. So what was the problem here? I... Actually, no, Dan, I'm going to rephrase that question. What <laughs> is the problem here? I I don't know if I can fully, you know, put myself back in the headspace to give you any more details, like anything more concrete about why I just was not interested in seeing this movie in theater. No, no, no. That's why I'm asking what is, because I can sense, I can sense after this watch that there is something. No. Okay. So having, having just now seen it specifically for this review i'm like you know this is as good a reason as any to see this movie and like yeah, and that's why we're doing this to understand you know why people were so high on this in 2015 that it won way more oscars than i think anyone expected it to technically this movie is ridiculously well made I genuinely don't think anyone can deny I, that. I'm, yeah. almost, I'm almost in awe of it, really. Seriously, I am. Um, however, it was one of the most miserable movie-watching experiences Whoa. I have ever had Whoa. in my life. I, one, of the, one of the things that I really sort of have issues with in film and I think it's done well very very rarely is stories about human suffering that are beautifully shot and scored and like paint such pretty pictures of human suffering and this is one of those and I don't think it's for the best I for me this is um Alejandro going back to the miserableism of Babel and 21 Grams and Beautiful without any of the levity that was so vital to Birdman working as well as it did and just plunking in front of you, getting the best cinematographer on the face of the earth to shoot it getting the most committed actor on the face of the earth to play it and just making, forcing you to wallow in human suffering paired against the beauty of nature. And it, it, it wait, wait. And I, and I think I, I think I know where this is going because like you're basically kind of getting at, I think a common theme here, which is you wanted it to mean something. No, not even that. I didn't necessarily want oh. it to mean something. I, like I, it doesn't have to mean anything for me to enjoy a movie, but God, it was so relentlessly unpleasant and so obviously wanted to make you feel bad that I hated it. That's an awesome take. I was going to say, but hold on a second though. So you're telling me that 
Because the whole idea of the movie is that we will be, uh, we'll get that relief when Glass has his revenge. Right? That's what the whole film is building up to, ultimately. I don't know that it's about the relief of that. It's about the, you know, it's about our, it's about our fucking bloodlust is what it's about. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it's about. We are, we are a really brutal and terrible people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's what it's about. And like, there have been plenty of movies about that over the years. We wiped out all of Native Americans and we are wiping yeah. out the fucking planet. We suck. That is basically the thing with this movie. And like, I can think of a lot of movies that are so unpleasant that I never want to watch them again. Um, the the classic one that I always say, and I own this movie on DVD for Christ's sakes, is Requiem for a Dream. Mm. I adore Adore that movie. I think it is so powerful and so well done. I will never watch that movie again for as long as I live because I don't want to put myself through that experience again. But whereas in that, I I got something out of it and I was connected to the characters and felt like the movie was doing something other than just wallowing in, you know, misery porn. This just rubbed me the the wrong way from I, I'll say it, it almost from the beginning on. I mean, it's one of those movies about the old West where the Native Americans are painted as nothing but savages and who bloodthirsty savages who just kill people for no reason. And then we get to the bear attack, which again is like, and this whole sequence is technically like it's, it's a Marvel. Like I don't like Chivo is a genius. I, the, I can't praise him enough. And the whole thing is, you know, done seamlessly. The visual effects on the bear are pretty mind blowing, but and I, and this was sort of what sealed the, <laughs> the last final nail in the coffin of me trying to really like this movie or enjoy it in any way. But there was a, and maybe I'm the only one who noticed this, but there were a few moments in that Team with the Bear attack where it was pretty – it was likening it to anal rape. And the, yeah. this is the thing uh. that could happen to a man. And any time a movie does that, I get really turned off. And you really have to work hard to get me back on your side after that. Um, and that I was – it really turned me off. And – despite the ridiculous cinematography and you know the strong work from DiCaprio I it I couldn't get back on board with the movie after that I just couldn't do it all right wow I, I'll, I'll admit I never noticed um, or even thought about that moment in the bear scene because uh, something like that to me actually is kind of unfathomable and I would like to believe that Alejandro uh, has better taste than that. And I don't believe I've ever read anywhere um, that actually being like commented on by the filmmakers, like saying, yeah, that's what happened. So um, I'm, I'm going to just try to like get that out of my mind right now and listen to Josh. Hopefully Josh can supplant <laughs> uh, this image. Josh, um, I know your history with The Revenant. Uh, you have not been shy about this on the show before. Nope. Yeah, let's let's hear it now. Well, first of all, when I saw The Revenant in 2015, I walked out thinking, this is 
pretty to look at, but kind of boring. So it was actually my least favorite of the Best Picture nominees that I saw that year. And rewatching it again, I have the exact same opinion. I don't know if I have as much vitriol to it that Dan does, but I do find that it's a film that has a, a lot of pretty imagery, but ultimately uh, to a story that is very shallow. Hey everyone, sorry to interrupt, but this is a preview of our full review of the 2015 film The Revenant here on the Next Best Picture podcast. In order to get the full review, you will have to head over to our Patreon channel, type in Next Best Picture, subscribe for $1 minimum a month, and you will get the rest of this hour and a half long review, along with other exclusive podcast content for our 2015 retrospective, Next Best Series podcast reviews, Next Best Theater, and more. So please, head on over, subscribe. We really, really appreciate your support. You can also lend us some support by heading over to iTunes, writing us a review, leaving a five-star comment. It helps for people to discover the show. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture Podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we shall see you all next time. Hello, this is Gary Chachot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present. If you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th century pirates, revolutionary booksellers in 20th century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today.